everybody. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Congratulations. We've made it. The next NFL game you see will be a regular season NFL game. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. And uh, we got a cavalcade, as one of our former colleagues used to say, of uh, awesome super friends here with us. Unfortunately, Ryan Wilson can't make it. He's out, uh, I believe. Uh, Sean, what's he doing? Is he... Is he taking a vacation? Is no, no, he's uh, he, no, he's on a, a parachute vacation in the Bahamas right now. He, is that like, actually, I have no idea actually what he's doing. Is he, isn't he actually playing old man soccer? No, no, he, he bought a, he bought a pair of parachute pants <laughs> and he is going parachuting around, parasailing in parachute pants around the Bahamas, which is something he found out from John Breach. Uh, I actually got him his first pair of parachute pants <laughs> straight from the MC Hammer collection. So this is not surprising at all. You actually got him his first pair of parachute pants at your wedding. That was a wedding gift to everyone. I forgot to get you yours, Brent. So I couldn't uh, find any of your size. I know. I know. I know. That's the only reason I won't send Sean his, his freaking, his freaking half step is if I, until I get this parachute pants breach, no half step for Sean. Sorry. It's over. Um, so anyway, fourth week of the preseason happened. Oh wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being told by our producer. We have breaking news. Clemson beat Georgia Tech guys. Did you, did you guys watch this game? Clemson beat no. Georgia Tech. You guys didn't watch this. Well, I've been, I've we been had to cover sixteen preseason games on Thursday night, which is like <laughs> ultimate nightmare scenario because you've only heard of about ten percent of the guys on the field. I'm out of white claw at my house, and I still haven't had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's been a disastrous Thursday. Yeah, uh, this is, go ahead. This sorry. is the worst. Like, I don't like to complain, especially on Twitter. I'll complain to you guys, but on Twitter about anything related to work because. It's covering football for work, and a lot of people would kill for that job. This is by far annually my least favorite night in the entire year. This is – I would rather cover the schedule release. I would rather oh, cover yeah. any of these off-season events. This is by far the worst night of the year. And it pains me that they stretch it out so they have two games that start three hours later. You might as well just start every single game at the same time. We're already overwhelmed. Just overwhelm us all at once. Don't drag it out. Now – I remember recording this, and there's a game going on on mute. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sean, Sean, hold on. I've got more breaking news. Uh, it turns out the Baltimore Ravens went 4-0 this preseason, and John Harbaugh 3-1 against the spread, and because Clemson covered the first half, and because I believe BYU, BYU went under the first half, I went 3-0 on my Thursday night picks. Why aren't you people betting these things? Why aren't I betting these things? They're like, I'm like, I'm like hitting 65% of these, and I'm not betting them. I'm losing I my... Think- I'm losing my ass betting, but but if you bet on these things, they're winning. By the way, the Ravens are now 17 and 0 in their last 17 preseason games, which is actually kind of impressive. Yeah, uh, bizarrely impressive. Fourth year to no, so they're four and 0 with a perfect preseason, 17 game preseason winning streak. They haven't lost a preseason game since September 3rd, 2015. John, if you bet on the money line of the Baltimore Ravens. And you bet a hundred dollars, you would be up seven point two million dollars right now. And I would not be on this podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> because I would be at your house, Brinson, because I would fly there and do the podcast live with you every day. That's what I do with my money. Also, at some point on that like seven point two million dollar streak, we all would have jumped in and we'd all be up huge and we'd just be <laughs> lounging about not doing a podcast. All right, what and the actually, thing is, actually, what we talked about it at the beginning of the preseason though. We're like, just bet on the Ravens, it's free money. And then none of us went out and parlayed all four of the Ravens preseason games because, again, we don't follow 
our own advice. Exactly. Sometimes. Exactly. But people who listen to this podcast do. Sean, uh, quick over under for you. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that, uh, hmm, I think it's, I'm going to set your over under at $985,000. You get a $985,000 check tax free. Do you quit your job or do you walk, do you, do you keep working? Oh, I would definitely keep working. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm too, I'm too much of a like scaredy pants to actually quit my job. That's not enough money okay, for me okay. to just quit my job and not All do right, anything. Well, right, so what's the over under for quitting your job? I think that's an easy, like that is, I would take the, keep my job too. 985 is not, no. we have a, we have I, a I, definitely, I would probably keep it for I would, I was like a hundred million. Like I don't want to just sit around and do nothing the rest of my life. And ooh, we have a fun hundred, job. Oh, sorry. hundred million. Hundred, hundred million. I'm, I'm not on this hundred million right is now. an immediate, like if, if somebody walked in here and was like, here's a hundred million dollars cash. I'm hanging up Skype. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm going to like, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a helicopter and like land in your lawn breach and be like, Hey, breach, let's party. And then we'll go to Sean's house because we be West Coast time. Um, I, I, yeah, I agree. Anything, it would need to be like 10 million plus for me to quit my job, I think. Maybe. I don't even know if I quit my job for 10 million bucks. I think I'd just play more golf and do my same job. But and I'd be like, hire, hire nanny for the kid. Or yeah, but I'd be like, we're podcasting on my time. Yeah, I would definitely get worse at my job because I just have less incentive of keeping it. And I would just yes. be, you know. Right. Well, it would be like a Carmen San Diego thing. Be like, where is uh, Sean podcasting from today? He's in Dubai. Yeah. yeah. To, to I, I would preach, probably preach just... froze middle of Dubai. Uh, so tweet us <laughs> at Will Brinson. <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> tweet us at Will Brinson. That's Sean Wagner McGough and, uh, at John Breach and let us know what amount of money you need to, in order to, ah, I didn't screenshot it. I got, to, it. I got yeah, it. I got it. Send that out. Uh, in order to quit your job, John, I don't know if you know this, you froze in the middle of Dubai and you were screaming. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so listen, more preseason takeaways. Oh wait, hold on. I'm told we have more breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been named the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Who could have possibly seen that coming, John? This is literally the worst decision that any coach has ever made in the history of football. And I'm not surprised it happened all because every former Patriots assistant ends up taking over a job, ends up flopping anyway. So this is just as this is disaster written all over it. I think Sean was tweeting about it and I was writing about it. And the thing is that there is no downside to starting Josh Rosen. You put him in, he's awesome. Great, you have a franchise quarterback. And if he's not awesome, then who cares? Because you'll have the first pick next year in the draft when there's two awesome quarterbacks. So, like, why give up a second-round pick for this guy if you're not going to play him? And Fitzpatrick, you're going to get four good games uh, and still not know what you have in Rosen. It makes no sense, and uh, I disagree with this decision. Yeah, this makes no sense at all. And I hate to make a Sean McDermott-like judgment based off one quarterback decision on Brian Flores before he's coached a game, but I'm out on Brian Flores because this just makes, no, this makes, there's no argument for starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you look at how they performed throughout the preseason. Statistically, Josh Rosen outplayed Ryan Fitzpatrick by a wide margin. If you look at yards per attempt, completion percentage, yards, and all that, even if Fitzpatrick had outplayed Rosen, the Dolphins have nothing to gain by playing a 36-year-old over a 22-year-old. The purpose of this entire season should be to get 16 games out of Rosen so you know what you have moving forward. And if Josh Rosen stinks for 16 games and you win two games, 
guess what? Your reward is you get to pick a quarterback at the top of next year's draft, and you can dump Rosen. If Josh Rosen plays well for 16 games, congrats. You have a franchise quarterback. So I just don't see any incentive to, to start Rosen on the bench. And it's different than the Haskins situation in Washington. It's different than the Daniel Jones situation in New York because those guys are going to be there next year no matter what. They don't have to rush them because you have the five years on the rookie contract. For the Dolphins, they might not have Rosen next year, so they should not be wasting any time with a 36-year-old who we know we know exactly what he is at this point in his career. They should be getting as many looks at Josh Rosen as possible. This year has to be all about evaluating Josh Rosen. You can't evaluate him on the bench. Yeah, I would have to disagree with you there. Uh, I actually like this move. I think it's a smart move, and here's the reason why. The only reason I was uh, filibustering there was to write down Fitzpatrick on the rundown. I'm trying to do timestamps here. I actually think it's a good idea. Have you seen their early schedule? This is a ah, uh, Brenton. I knew you were going to say that. It's a disaster. Ravens at home, and we don't know if they're going to play this game, Sean Breach, because there's a hurricane bearing down, and we have no idea what hurricanes do. Sometimes they go south, north, west, east. Sometimes they slow down. You don't know. This game could be moved to Baltimore, for all we know. And like and Miami would be like, fine, just move to Baltimore. We don't care. Murder Fitzpatrick in Baltimore. Wherever you want to murder him, we don't care. Week two against the Patriots at home. I don't know if you know this, Sean. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks under the age of 27 who've had any success against Bill Belichick, much less any quarterbacks at all. Week three at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are loaded. Have you seen this defense? You guys have been telling me how they're going to slaughter the Dolphins left and right. Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. Uh, uh, Leighton Vanderesh, a guy named Taco. This is a murder central. <laughs> and then week four at home, Chargers. You got Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. That's a problem. And then you have a week five bye. It sets up perfect. You flop Fitzpatrick out there for the first four run of games. And if he's bad and the team is 0-4, it's an easy flip the switch after the bye. This is what the team has been planning for. I'm not saying the schedule afterwards is easy. Redskins at home, that's winnable, but that defense is a little tough. At the Bills, at the Steelers, Jets at home, at the Colts, Bills at home. Well, well, Brenton, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though, because I was actually thinking that same thing. The argument for playing Fitzpatrick is that early season schedule, but here's the argument against that is that what if they go 2-2 two and two and they those first four games against that deadly gauntlet. You can't pull Fitzpatrick if he beat the Patriots and the Chargers or if he beat the Ravens and the Cowboys. He has to keep his job. There's no way you put him on the bench. Then you're just wasting this Rosen experiment even more. So the only reason it makes sense is if the Dolphins go 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh and four, which is highly likely, but it's not a given because we've seen the crazy stuff that Fitzpatrick does. So, so wouldn't I, you – Go ahead, Sean. No, no, and I understand your argument. Um, wouldn't you want to see Rosen as, against as much, those tough teams? No, not with that offensive line. Why wouldn't I mean it's I just what what wouldn't you want to evaluate him in every possible situation? Uh, let me let me ask you this. Would you want to find out what kind of fighter Floyd Mayweather was against seven other boxers? Like he has to well, fight no, seven no, other no, boxers. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I mean, look, I understand your argument. Obviously, I just disagree with it. But Josh Rosen was in a terrible situation in Arizona last year. He can handle himself. No. He he can survive behind that offensive no, line. Oh, you can't. I would like to I would like to see him against those tough teams and understand that, look, Josh, if you play bad in these four games, you're not going to be benched. You have the season to work it out. Like, we're behind you. We're giving you a full season to audition. That means you get a chance to go play those good teams. I, I understand what you're saying, 
as you yeah, understand but, what we, I'm saying. No, we, we agree. I was saying the other thing too is like, you can't go Rosen and then the first four games are a disaster and then go to Fitzpatrick. That's my problem. You can't. Now let me throw one thing out because sure. uh, it's a quote that Brian also, Flores. Also, can I throw one thing out? How yeah. about Texas State? With a backdoor cover, a little touchdown to cover the 33 and a half. Let's go. College football is back, baby. Talking Texas State. You're not watching. Who I didn't even know had a football team. Is that the one that was in the mean green where Kathy Ireland was the kicker? Maybe. They were playing Texas State. Necessary roughness. You're not excited about, uh, about betting on college football? Get out of here. Not on Texas State. That's where I draw, I draw the line, Brinson. That's where I draw the line. Uh, (laughs) But here's what uh, Never Flores had to say about Rosen tonight, okay? He didn't give him the job. He said, quote, he's talented, but playing quarterback in this league, it takes some time. He's in a new offense. I think he'll get there. When? I don't know. A lot of that is up to him. He knows that, unquote. And that is a very odd quote because it almost sounds like either Rosen was horrible in training camp Flores doesn't like his attitude. These are just – I'm throwing things at the wall. I have no idea why he is saying all this. But he's also saying, that, hey, Rosen's learning this new offense. Well, so is Fitzpatrick. So, like, it just seems like he had no plan. He should just named Fitzpatrick as a starter from August 1st on. Why wait until now? Why bring out this drama? And let me add one more thing. It's a, a quote that Josh Rosen said um, via Adam Beasley, which is – Rosen said, quote, it's only a matter of time until this team is. Okay, fine. Interrupt me right in the middle of the quote. Friend of the program, Adam, friend of the program, Adam Beasley. Yeah, I feel weird saying that because I've never met him. You've never never met Bees? Oh, no, no. If if you mention Adam Beasley on this program, you say friend of the program, Adam Adam Beasley. Adam Beasley, friend of the program, tweeted out this quote from Josh Rosen. It's only a matter of time until this team is mine. So I, I do like Josh Rosen's attitude. That's (laughs) kind of like the kind of attitude that a lot of people try to dock him with coming out of UCLA. Um, but look, being able to remain confident after what happened in Arizona last year, getting beat out by Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, not the, not the best, you know, sign of your development, but I don't know. I'm, I don't want to write off Josh Rosen yet. The only problem is that when he does start and it's going to happen, as Brinson, you pointed out, regardless of who they're playing, he's not going to be behind a good offensive line. He's not going to be on a good team. Uh, so it is a situation for him. Jo- uh, John, fair, fair, not fair. Sean considers himself the Josh Rosen in this podcast. It's, uh, only, that's fair. it's only a matter of time that this is my podcast. That's a, he's a misunderstood millennial. He's eyeing you. He's like, Prince is going down soon. I'm going to take over. This, bearded- this is going to be called the Swimmy McGuff Swimming with Sean podcast, where we're going to talk about swimming and football. This dumb bearded a-hole just doesn't care about much. He's just eventually going to lose his job, and it'll be mine. <laughs> down in South Florida, no less. But who's the Brian Flores of the situation that put Brinson in charge? I guess the, well, there's a lot no, of people. I'm not gonna call a, lot of, a lot of people you can, a lot of people we can pin that on. I don't know. We'll find out who listens to the podcast. <laughs> Who's the Chris Greer in this situation? Who's the Stephen Ross? Uh. <laughs> let's just start. Let's just start naming names. It'll be fine. Um, next subject. Kidding. Next subject. Okay. So moving along in the preseason. Uh, the, oh God, these games suck so bad. The Colts and the Bengals played. John, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your level of, uh, disinterest on the Bengals heading in to the 2019 season? Because I feel like I taught, I did, uh, Andrew Perloff, friend of the program, uh, did the Dan Patrick show podcast with him and we did the over-unders on ASC North. I was like, and he, he's a, he's a big, 
Andy Dalton guy, big, he's a Bengals fan. And I was like, I can't go over. I, I just can't get there. Are you in or out of the Bengals, uh, coming into the season? Not as like a fan, just as a realistic analyst. What is their over under? Six. Here's the thing is that they've never gone under six wins as long as Dalton's been the quarterback. They've always mustered up just enough to get the six and ten. So I can't take the under. I'm not going to bet against something they've never done in eight years. Uh, I think they'll squeeze out at least six. John, John, we're not even, top re- out John, John, listen, we're not even recording a podcast right now. It's just the three of us friends. <laughs> you know, you can say what you need to say. Just, just, you know, get it off your chest. Is this- I think they're going to go six and 10. That is my prediction. So I can't go over or under. I'm betting on the push. Wait, wait, you're down to six and 10. So you went well, like a month ago. You were they- talking yourself. No, into 10 I said six? best case scenario. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want under six. I don't want over six. I want exactly six. But I'll say over. If you're going to make him go over under, I'm going over. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis is basically entering the season with Chad Kelly and Philip Walker as backups. They brought Brock Osweiler in. I don't know. They brought in Brandon Whedon. The guy's been throwing a pass in a regular season game since 2015. Why would you even call him? Why are you bringing him in at all? Like it, it makes no sense. Not helping my Jacoby Brissett's going to win the AFC South case. <laughs> yeah, like how how desperate are you that you're bringing him in? Also, Chad Kelly is suspended for the first two games because he got drunk and dressed like a cowboy. Brinson, what do he do? You know. I, we call that. How, we how call, we did, some, did something crazy. I believe Didn't he going to someone's home. I don't want to throw I, out accusations. We yet. call that a Thursday night shot. Yeah, it was a Halloween party of some sort. Yeah, yeah, he, he, I didn't yeah. watch much of the uh, the Colts game tonight or Thursday night, but I will say there was one point where the game popped on, and I just looked up, and I saw this poorly underthrown pass get picked, and I literally yelled, ew, and it was Chad Kelly who threw an interception. Swag Kelly. I, I don't know if I'll make the team, but whatever. Um, also from the preseason, the Giants and Pats finished up their uh, – they finished up week four. What would you say on a scale? Uh, we'll do a, we'll do a uh, F to A grade, Sean. How would you grade Daniel Jones preseason? I mean, it's an A. And I think if there was a – now, I'm not saying preseason means he's going to, you know, perform right, actually, all the Let me ask you this separately. No, no, sorry. If Joe Flacco were the quarterback of the New York Giants ahead of Daniel Jones, would Daniel Jones start week one, yes or no? Yeah, assuming Joe Flacco was signed this or traded for this offseason, absolutely. The only reason Eli's starting is because he has that, you know, legend type of status in New York. Look, Daniel Jones, I think, was the MVP of the preseason if they gave out those awards. Um, let's his final numbers this preseason, twenty nine of thirty four, eighty five percent of his passes, four hundred sixteen yards, so he was averaging twelve point one yards per attempt. So it wasn't like he was dinking and dunking his way down the field like Eli Manning has done. Two touchdowns, no picks, hundred and thirty seven point three passer rating. He's looked sharp every single time he's gone out there. Now, again, this doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, worthy of that number six pick that the Giants used on him or that the Giants couldn't have waited until number 17 to get Daniel Jones. But I think if you would have asked us before the preseason how we thought Daniel Jones was going to look, I would have said that I bet he's going to be disappointing. There's going to be more booing. Um, and, you know, he's going to enter the regular season with not a lot of confidence. Now he's ending the regular season looking like the best quarterback on that roster. So now I'm actually really interested to see him start uh, because what he did this preseason indicates that he is ready for the NFL. Now, again, it's the preseason. Um, there has been a case of quarterbacks staring at the preseason before, and they don't do it in the regular season. But he's done everything to this point that he can. 
um, to kind of surpass the expectations that we all set up for him. Breach, will you explain to Sean that they're still starting Eli Manning? Sean, you know who else looks solid in this preseason? Jarrett Stidham. You think he's going to start in front of Tom Brady? Ryan Finley. But he might actually – no, he won't start in front of Andy Dalton. But, I mean, I get it. Like, Daniel Jones looks spectacular. I actually think that Sean undersold this, only giving him an A. That's an A-plus, man. Brinson teed you up there. That was the easiest A-plus you could have ever given out in your life. I mean, everyone in New York feels vindicated. Everyone in that front office is saying, this guy couldn't have made us look any better. It's impossible. And now Daniel Jones looks like a superstar. And the thing is, this puts so much pressure on Eli Manning because if he goes out and throws like opens up week one and throws five straight incompletions, he's getting booed off the field. So this is actually worse for Eli. This is worst case scenario for him, but best case scenario for the Giants front office. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, he's going to play at some point this season. At Cowboys, Bills at home, at Buccaneers, Redskins at home. I think it's kind of interesting because I feel like the Giants can actually start like three and one regardless of who's their quarterback. Yeah, but if they're one and three, you got to bench Eli, right? With that but, schedule? Yeah. Yep. If they're one and three, you bench Eli against probably Dwayne Haskins at yeah. home in week four. You have to. See, and or, or see I guess, this is... I guess I guess week five. No, no, see, that's the problem is you can't, if you go, if they don't bench him for, if they don't bench Eli, Eli for Daniel Jones in week four, then your Vikings at home, you can't do Daniel Jones there at Patriots. So week seven, I think, is the earliest we'd see Daniel Jones. Cardinals at home. That's a good spot. Patrick uh, Patrick is, Peterson, I believe, will be coming back for suspension. That defense still stinks. That's a good spot. Is there a chance we could see him week three? Is that too early? I mean, I, I guess the question is, is Pat Shermer at any point, is he on the hot seat? Because if they get blown out by the Cowboys and Bills, which which could happen, does Shermer feel pressure that, look, Jones is just better, period, not just for the long term, but right now Jones is better than Eli. I got to get him in there to save my job. I mean, yes, he is absolutely in the hot seat. I do think that the Giants are a little afraid of the idea that firing a second coach in three years makes them look like the Jets, and and it would negatively impact the way people perceive them. Remember, Eli came in. I, I'm trying to find it right now because I, I don't remember exactly what week he came in, but I believe it wasn't. All right, so it wasn't. Week, uh, wasn't week seven, wasn't week nine against the Bears. It was week 10 against the Cardinals, I believe. Nope. Week 11. So I mean, like, Eli came in late, man. And they, they lost all their games. But I feel like this is a team that's gonna try and make a run at the playoffs. And then if they don't, they, they pull the trigger and go with Daniel Jones. I don't know. Anyway. Go ahead, John. Uh, I was gonna say, Brinson, you just said Giants and playoffs in the same sentence. Hey, just want to make he, sure you know. He, he was a seven on the Brinson drunk scale, and he put money on it. Your man, your man, your man's holding. Your man's holding a, uh, a, a Giants ticket. Well, what do you guys think Josh Gordon's going to do this year? Over or under twelve games. Over. Over. Wow. Really. Really. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I don't know. There's not like if you going off evidence, you would say under. I just feel like. I don't know. It's probably just wishful thinking that I want this to finally be the year that Josh Gordon plays a full 16 games and doesn't have the, um, you know, the off the field issues that derail his career. Okay. Please. I also think over. He played in 12 games last year, 11 with the Patriots, one with the Browns, and now he's going to have the year round like iron fist of the Patriots following him. I think 
going from Cleveland to New England, probably a little bit of a culture shock. Like, oh my gosh, everyone in New England's crazy. They're just trying to keep me. They're just watching over him at all times to make sure everything's okay. And maybe they weren't doing that in Cleveland, but I think he's used to that. Uh, and he seems to, I mean, we saw him play Thursday. He had a great game against the Giants. That was actually one of my bold predictions that we're going to talk about in another podcast. But I love, I think Josh Warren's going to go over 12 games and put up some huge numbers. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Demarius Thomas? He actually played, um, seven he catches, well. 87 yards, two touchdowns on Thursday night. Hello. He- yeah. He still, he still looks like he can't get that much separation. Um, so I, I don't, but I do think he's the kind of receiver who doesn't have to be necessarily open in terms of separation to be considered open. He's got a big body. Um, the first touchdown he caught was really impressive. He went up and got it in traffic. I, th- I mean, I, I think it's funny that I feel like we've talked about in recent years the Patriots receivers being a bit of a weakness, and now they're looking at going full speed with Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, and that could cause a lot of problems. Dude, it's not even a, like the last like couple of years. This offseason, we're like, whoa, I, I'm sorry. The Patriots have no one. The Patriots are in trouble. What are they doing? And now it's like Edelman, Gordon, Inkeel Harry, Dorsett, Demarius Thomas, right. and Jacoby Myers. Who cares about their tight ends? That's a loaded wide receiver group. What and you saw that James White, to, you know, yeah, all the season. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't like, know. I don't know. not even this offseason. It was literally like three, three days ago, ago yes. that we were saying they don't have any receivers. <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, Edelman's healthy. Gordon gets reinstated. It all happened in a bunch. It's like, it's like Belichick People. walked, Belichick walked into like the side hall and like flipped the breaker on like the wide receiver switch. It's like, it's like, Hey, guess what? I've got wide receivers and my three, defense is loaded. I mean, this team is so three cool. weeks ago. We were like, is Demarius Thomas going to make the team or is he, or is he going to be on pup to begin the year? 10 days or nine days after getting activated on pup, he's catching, he's catching seven of eight targets and two touchdowns. We might need to talk about what, what are the Patriots to win the Super Bowl? I mean, I mean, like, I mean, what, what, what do you think the Patriots are to win the Super Bowl? As, as let's assume, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, they should be the favorite, obviously. They're one of the big, the favorites, but like, what do you think like they're five to one, six to one? Yeah, they're six to one. So I guess that's about my, like accurately priced. What do you think about the Patriots over under at 11? It's a lot. I, I don't, I don't you. love it because they can win the division with 10 games. You know what I mean? They don't need to get to 11. And we've seen them before go through those spells in the regular season where we're writing, you know, is this the end of the Patriots dynasty? So they can still go through that and win the Super Bowl. Okay, but you don't see... I am taking the over because let me just tell you this. After I've got, that, I've got, I've got 11 Week one game here. against the Steelers, Ridiculous. here's who they play. Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Redskins, Giants, Jets. <laughs> That's all wins. I mean, like, yeah. any loss there would be a huge upset. So if they beat the Steelers in the week one, they're almost a lock for eight wins. And then all you have to do is go four and four the rest of the season. So I would take the over. I mean, they're waltzing to 12 wins. And they have tough games. Like, they have the Chiefs. I mean, I guess tough games. I mean, they have the Chiefs, the Cowboys, yeah. and then the who they play after the tough game. I mean, they could lose to the Steelers, the, <laughs> the Steelers, Ravens. I guess they could lose to the Browns. I'll throw that out there. Eagles is four. Cowboys, Texans on the road, Chiefs at home. So I mean, I mean, like they could go ten and six. I wouldn't want to take the over eleven and a half, but I mean, they're winning that division, man. The team's just somehow loaded. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and rip through the rest of the preseason games.
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, uh, two two rookie quarterbacks to talk about. We're not going to talk about the Ravens-Redskins game in week four, the fact that the Ravens covered, and I, bang, went 3-0. and Three and zero, Sean. Three and zero, my top picks on Thursday night. Every Thursday, I it's called today's top picks. I write a story and I pick three games, and I'm on fire. I'm like sixty plus percent. I'm not betting them, but they're winning. Um, also, a rookie quarterback, Kyler Murray. He didn't play, but he finished twenty three of thirty six for one hundred ninety three yards of the preseason. Dwayne Haskins, thirty two of fifty eight for four hundred nine yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Why did the Redskins let Dwayne Haskins throw fifty eight passes in the preseason? Uh, who do you feel more comfortable about, Sean, Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins? Kyler Murray, and a lot of it is just I was higher on him coming in to the draft, anyways. So not much would have changed it. I feel like I've watched more of Haskins than I have Murray this off season or this preseason. Um, and he looks kind of raw. Like you see a lot of bad mistakes that he's making. Um, and I think his stat line probably reflects that with those two interceptions. But I feel like once a game, he makes the kind of throw where you're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's why the Redskins took him. And that's why we thought the Giants probably should have taken them at number six. So I am actually still kind of high on the Redskins long-term prospects potentially if the Cowboys get suckered into giving, you know, Dak and, and Zeke all this big money. If they got Haskins on his rookie deal, and obviously this won't happen until next year when, you know, Gruden's gone and all that, you know, I think they could, their long-term future could be bright because of him. I'm so high on on uh, on Murray, though, and I think he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I think anything that we've seen this preseason, whether it's the clapping or whatever issues, I don't think that's going to matter much once the regular season comes around. Like, if anything, he should be the most ready of a rookie quarterback because he should know this type of offense well. He's not coming in as, you know, as a spread guy being forced to learn this pro-style offense. They're going to be running something he's comfortable with. So I think he's going to hit the ground running, and I, th- I think he's the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. Fair. Uh, Breach, higher lure on Haskins and uh, Murray? Uh, definitely Murray because I think that the Redskins are just a dumpster fire right now. No, Your left tackle doesn't even want to play for the team. That is your key blocker. 
I don't know. Whoever you throw back there is going to get killed. Um, I saw Sean roll his eyes. No, but I agree. No, I agree with you. It, Trent Williams is, is absolutely, without a doubt, the best offensive lineman on that team. So you can't just throw your rookie quarterback back there. I think Dwayne Haskins will get killed if he plays this season. Doesn't mean he'll play badly, but it means he's going to get beat up. And, you know, here's the thing is that when I think about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, I think the last time we saw a college coach bring a radical offense to the NFL was Chip Kelly. And it's obviously not the same thing. They don't run the exact same offense, but they do like to spread it out and kind of misdirection and kind of that stuff. And the thing about Chip Kelly is his first season with the Eagles, they went 10-6. and six, But but the catch is that offense got off to a slow start. They opened up 1-3. and three. Kind of looked like a disaster. Oh, dude, people, people were blitzkrieging Chip Kelly. They're like, do you think this, do you think you show up and run this offense in the NFL? Who do, who the bleep do you think you are? Yeah. Are you the, the specific game I remember was Pat, week Pat four. Pat Prisker were killing him. Eagles Broncos week four, 2013. Everybody's like, oh, Chip Kelly's offense versus Peyton Man. This would be crazy. And the Eagles got run off the field. They lost 52 to 20. And it was just like, fire Chip Kelly, get him out of here. Uh, and they were one and three, and then they went nine and three the rest of the season. It was like, oh my God, maybe he's a good coach. So I think there's going to be some growing pains in Arizona. I think the Cardinals are going to struggle through the first four or five weeks of the season. But I do think, you know, Kyler Murray's not going to lose his job. So he's got that in the back of his head. That's going to give you confidence. That offense going to eventually look good. Uh, so yes, I do think second half of the season, Murray's going to look good and probably win rookie of the year, like Sean said. Kyler Murray is definitely playing 16 games. There's no question about that. Um, we're going to get to Unless teams. Unless he gets injured. We're going to get to teams. We mentioned teams were higher or lower on. But really quickly, Kareem Hunt, I, I don't understand why it was a story that he can't be around the Browns during the eight-game suspension. That's like a thing. Like That's you, normal. Right. Like you're suspended. You can't be around the Browns. What? Why is that a – why was that a story? I, I don't know. We, but the people bigger, got bored. The, the bigger story was the fact that he had sports hernia surgery on Thursday. Like, oh, he'll be back in 10 weeks just running around the field. No, no. My Nick Chubb, my guy, Nick Chubb, my guy is going to lead the league. Well, behind yeah. him. Be you're seven. the only, you're the only guy who's high on Nick Chubb. No I, one else is. I said, is I said Nick Chubb will be a top five fantasy running back this year. Yeah. And I, and I disagree because of, because of. So fun. again, you disagree and I'm, I, but you're saying you disagree and I'm saying. I'm saying a thing, and you're saying you're just disc- so Nick Chubb is the fantasy running backs as Andy Dalton is the fantasy quarterbacks. Don't ever say that about Nick Chubb what? again. <laughs> Don't ever say- no, no, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is my true love. Nick Chubb is my next guy. Um, that would be my. That's my perfect one. Like if I could pick, if if you're if you put me in an auction, I'd go Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook, one and two. I'll pay whatever it costs. I'll take them. Um, anyway, Kareem Hunt maybe a red flag. Uh, I feel bad for Debo. Debo made all these notes on this this rundown. It's just kind of boring. Like, who should the Steelers? Well, be- wow, and you're. I mean, you can think that, but the fact that you're just saying that, outing him, it's um, not. It's not. On. It's not his fault. He's like, who should the Steelers' backup quarterback be? So, Sean, who should the Steelers' backup quarterback be? Are we actually going to have that? I don't know, Sean. Step up to the plate, M- Mason Rudolph. Nah, or I- Josh Dobbs. Who you got? It's the can, answer. Can they the- not keep all three? They probably can. Just like they probably the, will. Yeah, yeah. Just like the Panthers will keep Kyle Allen and Real Greer. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not Debo's fault. Let's talk about teams who are higher or lower on. Cause I don't want to talk about Josh McCown coaching a high school football team. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I mean, do you want to do it? 
I mean, I like, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, so I, I actually like Josh McCown. He almost but. destroyed your boy, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, by the way, who's going to the, the Packers Bears game as a fan, he said. So hopefully he's crashing some tailgates and we get some. And as a fan of which team? He's probably going to show up in an Aaron Rodgers jersey. You know what? Breach, don't even joke about that. You know, he'd show up in, he, Jay Cutler would show up in an Aaron Rodgers jersey and like throw a Jay Cutler Bears jersey on the floor and like piss on it. The bigger concern is if he's sitting with the fans, as he suggested, do they have a smoking section? Because they might need to allow that just for him. Do they have a, a nude section? That should have gotten more laughs. That he's, was he's never I know. That was. Come on, guys. That was a well-worked joke. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Ugh, I feel like your delivery could have, could have been a little bit better. Yeah, because I've been sitting on that for like, you know, an hour. Yeah, it's fine. You your can whole see. life. You've been waiting for that moment, Sean. Have you ever – Sean, have you ever given a wedding toast? Like a, no. like a full-blown toast in front of the whole crowd? No, no. Okay. I think I'd be good at it. No, I don't, I, I don't think you'd be bad, but, like, but you've got to have like – you gotta nail your moments. Yeah, I mean, I would have practiced. It's not like I was practicing that joke in the mirror. I, nobody believes that you weren't doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. Now everyone thinks that. <laughs> Why would I be practicing that in front of a mirror? Who would do that? All right, so let's go through two, uh, we're just gonna pick one team we're higher on and one team we're lower on for the preseason in lieu of running through every single preseason game. Cause at this point our bosses have checked out. We don't have anybody to respond to. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the team I'm higher on and it's the Baltimore Ravens. I, uh, I think initially this offseason, I had sort of discarded the Ravens because of Lamar Jackson's rushing the schedule the Ravens had. My belief that the Ravens defense would regress without, uh, Eric Weddle, without, not Terrell Suggs is a superstar anymore, but I, I just didn't think Lamar Jackson could stay healthy. And I think people are discounting the Ravens too much. And I think the Ravens are going to be a playoff team. I think they'll be very good. And Lamar Jackson is going to be a problem in both the rushing and passing game. The wide receivers are concerned. If he gets hurt, this is all out the window. I'm still taking the Steelers to win the division. But I think the Browns and Bengals might be the odd man out. Am I crazy? No. Yes. Oh. No, I'll, is... I'll go first real quick. Yes, in yes. That. Obviously, I was actually. Yes. I was going through and making my playoff picks today because Breach is writing that story on predictions. We had to send them in. Oh. And I, oh. I, I was going to have the Ravens making the playoffs. Uh, I think now I do. And I have the Chargers being one of the teams out. I think I'm all, I'm, I think I'm all in on, on the Ravens making the, I think they're, I'm in on three teams from the North, AFC North making the playoffs. And Me too. I think the Ravens defense is going to be good again, even though they lost some players. They added Earl Thomas. And if Earl Thomas is healthy, which he broke a bone a year ago, he should be healthy. He's you know, the best single high safety in football. So that's a huge upgrade, even though they lost Weddle. They're not even close to being the same type of player. I mean, I kind of think this offense can work. And they have Greg Roman, who has made it work for playoff caliber teams with these kind of running quarterbacks. And the uh, the last thing is that they have, they have a good coach. And I feel like we were talking about this when the Ravens were thinking about getting rid of Harbaugh. I think he's one of the best coaches in football. And they always, unless, you know, their quarterback has gotten hurt, have been competitive. They've always been there. So, look, they're carrying a 17-game preseason winning streak in the regular season. I think it's going to continue into the into the regular season. Let me uh, let me just add. I'm going to add my my team. I'm down on because I think it makes sense in in, in the context of this conversation. I, this hurts me. Doesn't feel good. Not happy about it. I'm out of the Chargers. I tried. Look, I can see that Rivers dull in the background, glaring at you. Turn that around. He does need to hear this. Here, boss, buddy. Uh, no, I was, uh, earlier today, I was like trying to. Brenton, that's your team every year. 
I'm out. I'm out. That Breach. means they're winning the Super Bowl this year. That's you realize that, Breach. We got to change our picks to the Chargers. I'm, I'm flying to Vegas tomorrow. I'm making this bet. <laughs> I got a hundred bucks in the Chargers with the Super Bowl already. I took them early in the offseason. If it happens, it happens. Um, I, I just think that the Derwin James injury, the offensive line for the Chargers, the fact that the Chiefs have everyone. There is like, have you, have you guys heard this buzz on Tyreek Hill that he's the wide, have you heard the buzz of the wide receiver who might be traded? Yeah. Have you heard his Tyreek Hill? I heard that. Yeah, but I also saw a lot of people shoot that down. Right. But like, so who's the, so for those who don't know, there is buzz out there that there is a big name wide receiver on the trade market that no one would ever believe. And people speculate Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, which just, I mean, who, who's the, who's the, who is, who is it? I don't know. Who I do think, you think I, it is? Well, I mean, I, I mean, like, I would guess AJ Green, but that feels obvious that they would trade AJ Green. Like, it, like, if, if you were like, AJ Green's on the trade block, I'd be like, yeah, no kidding. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think? How does this tie into the Chargers? Well, if Tyreek Hill is traded, I like the Chargers. Oh, uh, God. More. I guess <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I, I was making what on. If- what does Tyreek Hill fetch in the trade market? Because I think even though he didn't get suspended, I would not feel comfortable at all giving him a long-term deal you, after what, what all the previous incidents. Plus, the NFL, I feel like, has made it clear that if new evidence pops up, which we didn't see the new evidence coming when it did pop up the last time, that he could be suspended. Yeah. So I'm not... Who's giving a first-round pick and an extra contract to Tyreek Hill? Because, like, I would give up a second-round pick for Tyreek Hill. Sure. I yes. would, too. And and you wouldn't want to like look your fan base in the eye, but you would still give him the second round pick. I mean, I would have to be like uh the Patriots or the Rams or the Seahawks, just a team that's totally in charge. You're not going to get questioned. Yeah, like the Patriots, a team that had a uh, tight end murder some bunch of people. You know, be fine. Um, no, I'm just saying. Like, I, mean, I, mean, I don't. I also don't think the Chiefs are trading him though. I don't. Not, yeah, no, I don't. With either. them in the middle of their Super Bowl window and. That speed and that arm is just too much. Right. But anyway. And it's too close to the start of the regular season. Andy Reid's not going to like throw an entire wrench into his offense because you have to adapt. You get, you run your star receiver. You got to, you got to just, you're starting over almost because like you're saying, okay, well, this is our number one guy. Now, I could see it happening in a year from now. If they like, uh, what's his name? Hardman. If they like him. Nicole Hardman out of Georgia. Yeah. And he's looked good. I mean, they've given him he little is, touch passes. He he's not is, refined, but he is fast. He, you, when they drafted him, we thought, oh, this is the Tyreek Hill replacement. No, we thought, we thought, thought it was, like, was going to get suspended. No, we thought it was like their like tacit acknowledgement that Tyreek Hill is clearly going to be suspended at right. minimum six games. And he, but you, you can't so trade him a year from now because his contract expires. So you'd have to give him that contract that him. you're afraid to give him. You tag him, tag but him, even then, tag you him think, and try to trade him. I don't know if you know so this, John. You're getting a second round pick and paying him. John, I don't know if you know this. The Chiefs uh, actually the receiver market. They actually tagged and traded a defensive end, and actually traded for a tagged and traded defensive end this offseason. So that's Andy, a little different than no, it's not. Andy Reid perfectly comfortable attacking and trading. I was just saying with Tyreek Hill's history, a team is going to have to you know like, I right like, like, trading, but I don't think the Seahawks are going to take him out the franchise tag number. Right, like Frank Clark. What would what would they have in common? Um. Anyway, moving along. So. I, I, I am just, I'm out of the Chargers. I tried to talk myself. I spent 45 minutes a day inside my own head running around. <laughs> I was like, okay, we just got to figure out some sort of circumstance where you can talk yourself into the Chargers making the playoffs, but not the Chiefs. It's this is not, like the Zach Galifianakis 
meme of the numbers floating yeah, I, around. Yeah, I'm doing, yeah, the yeah, yes, I'm doing the numbers. I'm like, okay, the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. Chiefs won't. It's not happening. The Char- Barnwell's right. Barnwell wrote about it a few weeks ago. Bill Barnwell at ESPN. The Chargers are the regression team. Derwin James is hurt. The offensive line stinks. Keenan Allen's banged up. This is heading for a disaster. I'm out. I'm out. Also, Rivers, you know, with every franchise quarterback that we see, it's not a slow decline, and Rivers has been fantastic in recent years. It's usually they just fall off the cliff. And, and with these old quarterbacks like Breeze and Rivers, it could be any of these seasons. No, we don't know when but, it's going to happen, but, but it could happen. I, Sean, I've been running around being like, we don't know who the decline guy is. We keep saying it's Brady or Ben. It's got what no, but I'm like, what if it's Breeze? And like, but like, it's a Kaiser Soze moment. Like, what if it's Rivers? What you know if, who has a worse if, offensive line than the Chargers? Who? The Texans and the Dolphins. That's who the Chargers play in week three and week four. Andrew Luck just retired. That's who the Chargers open up against. Then they play the Lions in week two. That's 4-0. Like, I don't care how bad the Chargers are. Those are four very winnable games to open the season. You open up 3-1 and 4-0, you're halfway to the playoffs. No Chargers team has ever not opened up 4-0 in September. Also, anyway, yeah, the Chargers I, have never blown games against easy teams in September. Anyway, I mean, that's true. I'm out of the Chargers, completely out of the Chargers. So, Sean, who you got as your big preseason team that you're up on? So we kind of touched on this before, so I'll go, I'll go quick. It's the team I'm up on is the Giants, and I'm not saying the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I'm just a little bit more up on their long-term future because I thought Daniel Jones would have looked like a disaster because I didn't think he was worth a first-round pick, much less the number six pick. And instead, he looked like he belonged. And I, I think that's an important step, even if the preseason doesn't mean anything. It shows that, you know, he is good enough to play at this level. We, we'll see how good he is. Um, but he's not a disaster. So I'm a little bit more up on the Giants' future. Um, I think – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs like you seem to think at, at certain I, odds. I don't think that. But I do think that they actually might become a fun team to watch, you know, around week six or whenever they do put Jan- Daniel Jones in because I think it could be fun to watch him develop. Um, and um, they get their receivers back, Golden Tate back from suspension. So I think – they might not be the utter disaster that we all thought they were going to be for a long time. And the team I'm down on are the Dolphins. And, look, <laughs> I think they were going to be bad regardless if they started Rosen or Fitzpatrick. But, you know, we don't need to get into it again. But I'm just really disappointed in their decision to start Fitzpatrick. And I'm not looking forward to the year being 2019 and we're watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play quarterback again. I'm about ready for that to be retired. My team I'm happy about that I think is better than I thought after watching the preseason is the Buffalo Bills. For some reason, somehow, there are like a trillion Bills fans that work at CBS Sports. One of them's our editor. One of them's our draft writer. Who? Uh, Who? Chris and RJ. I'm, I'm joking. Oh. Yeah. You just wanted me to name check them? Yeah, yeah. But and Sean. Love- and, and, and we have, Sean is a, a lifelong Bills fan because of Josh <laughs> Allen. Well, I think it's layers because Sean has mentioned Sean McDermott earlier while insulting Brian Flores. It was like a double whammy because then he's bashing the Dolphins, segueing to my Bills opinion where I'm saying Sean McDermott might actually be good. You know, Josh Allen didn't play much, but he, he, you know, like accuracy is an issue. He completed (laughs) 64% of his passes in the preseason. I'm sold. And you know what? (laughs) Even though preseason means nothing. I got the most thrilling. So they were playing the Vikings Thursday night. They were losing 23 to six with 410 left. And I said to myself, if the Bills win this game, I'm bringing them up on the podcast. They scored three touchdowns in four minutes and one. That's a clear cut sign. 
clear-cut <laughs> sign, Sean, that you should back Josh Allen as a franchise quarterback. Even though he didn't play at all in that who, game. Uh, okay, and who, who are you down on, Sean? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Breach. Who are you down on? He's down on the Dolphins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Bruce I don't, I don't listen out for that part of the conversation. I don't, says. I don't want to rehash the whole Fitzpatrick Rosen thing. The go team ahead. I'm down on is the entire. <laughs> that was a better impression of me than normal. <laughs> the entire AFC South. It was a disastrous preseason for that whole entire division. Jacksonville? Only scored like five points. Like if I had a trash offense last season, I would at least want to see if I can put people on the field and maybe just matriculate down the ball down the field once. They didn't do that. They looked horrible. Like I have been on their bandwagon. I, I had said I think they're going to win the division, go to the playoffs. Now I don't know. I'm not. I, I might be off that bandwagon. Obviously, the Colts with Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota. He's the only person that's looked worse than Jacksonville's offense. So it's just been. A total disaster for that division. The Texans are going to win it by default. So mm. I am down on the AFC South. The Colts are going to win it. Colts are going to win it. It's not crazy. I agree with Breach. Or, I mean, I agree with both of you. This division looks like it's an eight-win team potentially taking it. And seven, I would take the seven. Texans just, just because they have the best quarterback by a wide margin. But the problem with taking the Texans is I'm not confident that quarterback is going to get through the season you know, in one piece. I, I, I know you guys think I'm a homer. I really do think everyone is sleeping on Jacoby Brissett. I'm telling you, draft. Well, I think that, yeah, with Frank Reich, like, I think Frank Reich could turn him into something. Draft T.Y. Hilton in your drafts. He's a steal. You get into the fourth or fifth round. It's a steal. Frank Reich helped win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So I will never underestimate Jacoby Brissett as long as Reich is there calling the shots. Not, I mean, the, the very, the very first person I interviewed after that Eagles winner of the Patriots was Frank Reich. I've never seen a cooler customer. I don't know if you guys heard this, but I think it's a great point. Brady said it uh, earlier this week. I think it was Brady this week on uh, on the podcast. But, like, if the Colts do anything memorable, this is plan B. They have the plan B quarterback, the plan B head coach, the plan B football team. They drafted like they drafted a guard, which is like a plan B move. Like, everything about yeah. this. Eh, it's fine. Everyone it's fine. wanted Quentin Nelson. I was, I was saying, I was saying like, the Colts but, not to take him so the like, Bears can get But like Brissett, you know, McDaniel's left him. Luck left him. I mean, like that, like they were like Brissett was traded from the Patriots. The whole thing is a plan B. Anyway, that's all we got for the uh, preseason. Plan right? Brinson. Oh, I got two fun preseason stats that I'm going to throw out at you guys. Oh, okay, fun fact time. To Let's cap see. the preseason. Here is fun yeah, fact I, number one. Before you go, John, can I can I um so like I, John, I want to <laughs> say that like uh. I don't think Sean's fun facts or Ryan's fun facts are very fun, but when we you know get, this. we don't need a review, right? But I, th- but I think we need like I think we should go full like uh, 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 TNT NBA on TNT. We'd be like Johnny B's fun fact of the night or like something like that. We get a little little sound drop. Oh, totally! I need music. Bring in the music. Right. Uh, so fun fact number one is that every there has been no Super Bowl champion over the past eleven years that has had. A losing record in the preseason. Ooh. Nice job, Gilbrand. What did the Patriots finish in the preseason? Uh, the Patriots had a winning record this okay, year. Good. They are three and one, so you're safe. So that is 11 straight years of either 500 or better if you're a Super Bowl champion in your preseason. That's actually kind of interesting. Well, I tweeted out a few years ago, and people were like, well, that's a coincidence. Eh? Yeah, you're on the... And then now it's been 11 straight years, and it's like, maybe there's at least something to this? I feel like there's something to that. I mean, I think to the point that 
in these preseason games, it's a lot of depth versus depth, and so many injuries happen throughout the course of the season that a team with good depth well, Prince is giving me a weird look. Well, but yes. it's how your front office and your coaching no, staff no, buys yeah, talent no, and but, uses them. No, but it's like, well, yes, Sean, that's why. Like, like you're. Well, you were questioning why it could be a thing. I'm giving you the. It's. I'm not saying I startled upon this great scientific uh, discovery. Okay. I'm just pointing out that I, I, it's just the teams with good depth win. I thought you were saying like I'm disproving Breach's theory by virtue of the depth. I think the depth is a you're backing up Breach's theory. Yeah, the teams with good depth saying. who have yes. I think we're all in agreement. Okay. So moving along, what's your second fun fact? Johnny fun B, fact. Johnny B's second fun fact of the night. Fun fact number two. This one is from Reddit. Hey, everyone at Reddit who listens. <laughs> what's the username? We should give the user. Uh, I know the facts, the fact it has existed for like three or four years and Joe, it stayed true. Speak. So I don't know who originally put it out there. Before you get there, did you hear? So, uh, so one of my tweets ended up on Reddit and got a bunch of votes and people were like, who the bleep, like someone was like, who the bleep is this guy? And somebody was like, uh, he's the uh, host of the Pixix podcast. Pretty good show. Kind of annoying. Sort of decent. Go on tangents, but they know they're bleep. <laughs> so, like, that's on the back of my book cover. Anyway, John. That's like the ultimate Brinson review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So fun fact number two is if you play four <laughs> more games in the preseason, which everyone does now, and you score 43 or less points, no team has ever won a playoff game scoring 43 or less points in the preseason. And there was only one team that qualifies for that this year. The Washington year. Redskins. Wrong. Ah. <laughs> the Bengals. Wrong. Sean, guess somebody. Jacksonville. Ooh, that's actually interesting. Wait, so Jacksonville you, scored less than 43 points in the preseason? Yeah. Breach just brand- mentioned this in his, in his past while he's down the AFC South. They've scored like 10 points this entire preseason. They oh, scored 29. So 29 divided by four. <laughs> seven and a half points a game, something like that. 7.2. See, uh, what's the under of the Jacksonville? Oh, now this is actually interesting because Kenny White was on here a few, uh, a few days ago pointing out that Kansas City on the road Actually goes under their total on a regular basis. Holy crap, guys! This is a hammer time. It's a hammer time. I hope anybody listening to this, that, what, what do you, Sean? What do you think the over under for the Jacksonville Kansas City game in Week One is? Forty nine, fifty two. Wow, Pretty that's close. too high. That's too high. Clearly. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly this and, Jacksonville team is not good on offense and Kansas City, while very good on offense and good in week one, will absolutely low grade it down in the second half if they, if they get up. And the Jags played the Chiefs offense tough last year. Mahomes had one of his worst games of the year against Jack- yep. Jacksonville last year. The, 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 well, and if Jacksonville's defense looks anything like it did in 2017, like they can absolutely play with Kansas City and they throw at Josh Allen in there and like, uh, this defense might be better than they were two years ago. Automatic under Kansas City, Jacksonville uh, under fifty-two bet. Let's go. Pod, uh, we got this. Is what this is what uh, Tom Fidelli and Chip Patterson would call lock unity and Barton Simmons. So we're in, right? You guys are in. I'm in. I just I'm put in. It, I put it in for six units, two units each. Let's go. A unit is one thousand dollars, Sean. I think that's forty-seven one. points. But the, <laughs> the the thing is, the Jags would get blown out in that unit. Uh, no, you just no, um, all right, let's get out of here. Great podcast. You guys rock. I'll talk to you.